0: Chapter twenty one of Grandpa in Oz by Ruth Plumley Thompson This LibriVox recording is in the public domain Chapter twenty one Eartha is Transformed You are probably wondering why Ertha herself had stood so silently during all the commotion in the castle. Well, in the first place, the little flower fairy was so frightened by her experiences with the playfellows that her only thought had been of escape. With the prophet's spell had gone all memory of her former existence as princess of perhaps city, and when Pierre had found her on maybe Mountain and hurried her back to the castle she was more frightened still. Not knowing where she was, nor what to do, the confused little fairy had done nothing at all. Trembling under the big cloak she had stood and waited for something terrible to happen. And when at last she did hear the familiar voices of Tatters and Grandpa, and thought that they were angry at her, she trembled more than ever, and was afraid to speak or move at all. But now that the mystery was about cleared up, Ertha was so happy just to be with the Prince of Ragbat again, that she paid small attention to the excitement about her enchantment. Neither did Tatters for the lovely little flower fairy suited him exactly as she was. While they were whispering cozily about Ragbad and other terribly important matters, Dorothy and Grandpa got their heads together and solved the last of the adventurer's problem. For Dorothy, bending excitedly over Grandpa's shoulder, discovered a cure for enchantment on the wizard's bottle. Three drops on the head, advised the green label. Grandpa squinted anxiously into the bottle, for he had poured nearly the whole contents over Abrog. "'Is there enough?' whispered Dorothy. Grandpa, shaking his head doubtfully, tiptoed over to Ertha, and, while Persevere, Veer, Peerhaps, and Dorothy watched with breathless interest, he shook the bottle over her head. One drop, two drops, and, after a violent shake— three fell upon the soft fern hair of the little fairy. As the third drop fell the little flower-girl melted away before their eyes into a rainbow mist of lovely colors. Out of the mist stepped a no less lovely princess, a princess so like Ertha that Grandpa blinked, and Tatters could hardly believe his senses. Though no longer a little lady of flowers, Eartha still carried the flower's lovely colours and the flower's lovely fragrance in her exquisite little person. Violets were no bluer than Eartha's eyes, roses never pinker than Eartha's cheeks, apple-blossoms no fairer than Eartha's skin. Trembling with relief and happiness, Pierre clasped her in his arms and with the little princess on his knee, insisted on hearing every word of the long strange story. And about time it was that he did, for all this while he had been trying to explain to himself the presence of Fumbo's head. But when Grandpa had told their adventures from beginning to end, Haps welcomed the King of Ragbad as heartily as if his whole body were present, and they all sat down to talk things over. Just as Grandpa was telling again exactly how they had discovered Ertha, there was a loud screech in the corridor, and in flew the brave weathercock whom no one had missed in the terrible commotion. "'Here I come by the name of Bill!' crowed the excited bird, and, flying over to Grandpa, he proudly dropped Grandpa's lost leg into his lap. For while the others had hurried up the mountain, Bill had flown back to the playground, and snatched Grandpa's leg away from King Capers and two of the mischievous Pierrettes, who were deeply engrossed in the game of scrum. It had taken Bill some time, but here at last he was, and, joyfully buckling on his leg, Grandpa danced a jig on the spot. For now his happiness was complete, perhaps having already given him a pipe." Everyone made such a fuss over Bill that he felt fully repaid for his trouble. Indeed, it was hard to tell who of all that merry company was the merriest. The forgetful poet at finding himself safely home, perhaps at finding his daughter, Grandpa at the recovery of his leg, Ertha and Tatters, or Dorothy and Toto at the splendid way the adventure had turned out. Chuckling with delight, Pierre ran off to fetch his yellow hen, for he was determined that Tatters should have the fortune, a reward of a thousand gold bricks. Is that the fortune? asked Bill indignantly, as he placed the yellow hen in Tatters' arms. Why, it's nothing but a bunch of feathers. Don't you crow over me, screeched the yellow hen, and flying up, She laid a gold brick upon the table, much to the astonishment of Bill and the delight of the others. While they still were laughing there was a blinding flash, and the yellow hen, Bill, Toto, Peerhaps, and every other single person in the throne room disappeared. Yes, sir, they were gone, as gone as a box of last year's Christmas candy. End of chapter 21